we are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 23. This is called the Song of Avanti Brahmana. Uh, we are continuing that same chapter. And we had completed till verse 52-53. Mm, now, I just tell you what we did in the last two verses. In the verses before this, it was mentioned that the mind is thinking that the people, the, the demigods that are there in every individual organ or every sense organ is responsible for whatever activity that they are supposed to do. That means, let us say, if the eyes are responsible for vision. The eyes were doing the work earlier, but when the mind takes over, the mind handles the functions of the eyes through these demigods which are based in that individual location. So, you get to see only what the mind wants to see and not what the vision is shown. So, this is something which we did in one verse and uh, it says the interactions, they believe that these kind of interactions which happen between the mind and individual organs is responsible for the activities that happen in our body, in our being. So, even if you are feeling suffocated, it is because of the mind. One example would be when you feel claustrophobic. Who is telling you that you are claustrophobic? There are hundreds of other people over there, but it is your mind which tells you so. So, the mind has programmed your body in such a way that it has taken charge of literally everything. So, mind controls literally every aspect of your body. Then the next verse that we were doing says, the cause of the happiness or distress. What do we do when, when there is a cause of happiness and distress? The mind throws the blame on someone else. It is never taking the blame. It's, it's a vicious cycle. How does it work? Now something goes wrong and immediately the response is, I am not responsible, somebody else is responsible. And who is saying that? The mind says so. So the cause is always shifted onto someone else. So these are two important things that we learned. First is about the senses being taken over by the mind and the second one is to throw the onus on someone else. So that is where we had ended. So we are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 23, The Song of Avanti Brahmana and continuing with the verse 52. I will repeat the verse once again. If the soul himself were the cause of happiness and distress, then he would not blame others, since happiness and distress would simply be the nature of the soul. According to this theory, nothing excepts the soul 
actually exists and if we were to perceive some something besides the soul that would be illusion therefore since happiness and distress do not actually exist in the concept why become angry at oneself or others so this verse i had left by just introducing it so i will continue from here the idea few people have in this world is the soul is responsible for all the issues which are connected to the individual so what are the issues there are some issues like distresses problems uh, some kind of tensions and so on and so forth and at other times it is about happiness joy who is responsible so some philosophers say that the soul is responsible and uh, this is a theory it's not proven but it is a theory and the way they say it is the blame cannot be put on other people because it be, they believe that the soul is that which perceives everything it the perception remember we had done something which says that the inner being is only a witness the term witness what does it say what does it do it only observes it is not doing anything but here the person this particular philosopher says the witness is not just a silent witness but an actual doer so the doership is shifted from the body mind to the spirit soul which is what we call as jeev atma the moment you shift the onus onto the spirit soul this is a problem which occurs he immediately says that the responsible the, the one who is responsible for the distress or the happiness is the spirit soul therefore since therefore since happiness and distress do not actually exist in this concept why become angry at oneself or others so the rest of the line says the theory nothing except the soul actually exists and if we were to perceive something besides the soul that would be illusion the idea is again extended further that everything in this world is god alone and the example which i had given was the elephant the raging elephant which is coming towards the individual so he believes that the elephant is also god and god is not going to do any harm to me so he goes towards the elephant the elephant comes and throws this man so this when this particular thing happens the idea that the soul is responsible <coughs> that means the god which is there within us is responsible for everything but their doership is shifted over there and that is not a right thing because doership cannot be shifted towards god doership is that which happens in this universe so who is responsible for all that the idea is it is explained in the scriptures as maya maya is responsible who is the main character in the maya's play it is the mind who is telling you all these answers it is the mind at the end of the day isn't it all the answers are deciphered by the mind 
so i hope you understood this little thing so which was left yesterday so i will continue from the uh, next verse and if we examine the hypothesis that the planets are immediate cause of suffering and happiness then also where is the relationship with the soul who is eternal after all the effect of the planets applies only to things that have taken birth expert astrologers have moreover explained how the planets are only causing pain to each other therefore since the living entity is distinct from these planets and from the material body against whom shall he vent his anger another scapegoat in our world is the planetary influences you see everybody blames the planets for whatever problem that happens in their world they will say oh today the saturn is there and then some other rahu and ketu and all these other planets are going through my charts and these charts are always you know there's the ephemeral charts that they have which we call as kundali in india we call it kundali and this kundali is responsible for all your problems imagine that the planet is somewhere up there in the sky why is it interested in you and why is that planet affecting more than 50% of the population can you just think about it you can say yes the gravitational pull of the moon you know changes the waves and so on and so forth yeah of course definitely this theory works but it is affecting whom it is affecting the earth and it has been affecting the earth from since time immemorial so every day there are tides and because every day there are tides should we blame astrology for it no isn't it the same thing when we are in company of another person there is always going to be you know sometimes there are good times and sometimes there are bad times every individual in our life is responsible for the fights that are happening for the good times also so let us say that these planets which are there in our in our world sometimes they will be friendly with us and sometimes they may not be and these individual planets which we are so much interested in are how are they actually affecting yahan pe yahan pe network hi nahi aa raha pura drop ho gaya itna delete karna padega sorry the network is pretty bad today <laughs> so the planets are supposed to influence this is the way in which the astrologers and those who believe in uh, these kind of planetary influences will tell you what are the things that they prescribe they will prescribe a certain god connected with that planet you go and pray to him like saturn is responsible so you should go to the temple which has saturn as the god all right and give him some black cloth and some kind of uh, grains and some kind of you know the lamps which are lit and some kind of offerings but does that change the influence of saturn saturn is a mighty planet out there how can offering something to a god over here change the influence of that planet over there so this 
the way in which it is put across to human beings is is wrong that is not the way so here in this verse it is mentioned that if we examine the hypothesis that the planets are immediate cause of suffering and happiness then also where is the relationship with the soul how are these planets supposed to be affecting the soul they are not going to affect the soul please understand this soul has nothing to do with anything tangible in this world remember we were talking about the supreme divine consciousness and after that the next step was the spirit right the spirit soul or what we call as the jivatma and then everything inwards the five layers of the body the five layers of the body are physically present over there but the spirit soul it is not visible there is no idea that it exists also we just believe that they there is something which is called the spirit soul which runs our system correct so how is that soul getting affected that soul is not even supposed to be in the picture it is not even existing in this dimension so why are we bothered about it so he says expert astrologers have moreover explained how the planets are only causing pain to each other therefore since the living entity is distinct from these planets and from the material body against whom shall he vent his anger so the individual should understand that these planets may be influencing each other because of this material world hmm so there is a jupiter there is a saturn there are so many other planets and they are going around the sun something definitely is affecting them but why you you are an individual on a tiny planet called earth it's not supposed to affect you and that is the reason why this theory is wrong so we now move on to the next one so the next theory that is there is if we assume that fruitive work is the cause of happiness and distress we still are not dealing with the soul the idea of material work arises when there is a spiritual actor who is conscious and a material body that undergoes the transformation of happiness and distress as a reaction to such work since the body has no life it cannot be the actual recipient of happiness and distress nor can the soul who is ultimately complete completely spiritual and aloof from the material body since karma thus has no ultimate basis in either the body or the soul at whom can one become angry this is an a verse which we need to understand in detail karma is a concept which we have done many times what is karma karma is divided into three one is called sanchit which means accumulated second one is prarabdha which is happening and the third one is called agami or kriyaman which is futuristic so this is the karma that we had done in the past so karma translate directly into action all right what is action you have to go and buy something from the market so when you go to buy an object from the market let us say we are going to buy eggs so when we go to the grocer 
and we say I want one dozen eggs. Are we supposed to take the eggs and pay him the money? So that is called a transaction. A transaction gets complete when you pay the money and take the eggs. So this is called a transaction. Some work has happened. Imagine this kind of a work happening to you all your lifetimes. Now the concept of multiple lifetimes have come, has come into the picture. So how does this concept work again? Imagine that in your past life you have given some loan to someone. Alright? You have given a thousand rupees or ten thousand rupees to someone. That person has not returned it back. Is he supposed to return? Definitely as per the law of karma that person is supposed to return that money to you. But he died during the last birth his last lifetime, he died and he was not able to repay. So in some lifetime he needs to repay that amount. Then only the transaction will be complete. So this transaction which I explained about the eggs and the money, don't you think the same transaction is over here where you have taken something or given something, it has to be returned to its original person. This is as per money and so on and so forth. Now let us see in terms of how action happens. In your previous love lifetime, you might have murdered some person. Now once you murder the person, isn't that story finished with that person? The transaction is over with that person. So you have murdered somebody. But as per the law of karma, as per this universal law, everything has to be returned back, isn't it? In kind or whatever, you know. So in some life that man has to murder you, it's a repayment, isn't it? So this entire transaction, whether it's an action connected to money or some activity or whatever, has to be completed. This is called karma. When we have come to birth in this lifetime, we have bought an entire data of karma which we are supposed to fulfill. And now that is the reason why things happen to you. So in your life, you have some children, you, you get married, you settle down at a particular place, Everything, all the transactions are happening the way they are supposed to as per karma. We call it destiny in English. I am destined to stay in this place. I am destined to marry this person. I am destined to have children. I am destined to do this kind of activities in this world. But does it end over there? No. The karma continues because it doesn't stop over there. If I have done transactions in my previous life with one individual, 
I have borrowed, let us say, $10,000 and in this life I am returning the $10,000. Do you know what happens to us? We are supposed to return the money only. But we believe I am giving money because we do not have any idea of the previous transaction. And when this thought comes to your mind, the idea that you are giving money to this individual becomes a very great burden on that person and for you it's like a great favor you are doing to someone. Did you get the point? In your previous life you have that person has given you say uh, you have given $10,000 to that person and maybe that person is returning back or the reverse of it. You believe that you owe it. No, it's only a return. So when you are returning something, the thought which comes to you that I am doing a great favor to this person or I am the one who is you know, burdened with something, both these thoughts create additional karma. And this is the whole problem with our life. We do not have the idea that we are only returning what we have taken or that individual is returning what he has given. Both these things do not enter our head, the mind. I said head, the mind. It doesn't enter our mind and the ongoing cycle because there is a continuation of karmic loops that keeps on happening. And it is a process. There is, maybe I can tell you one small story. This is a fictional one, but for just understanding how this works. Maybe in the 18th century, You are a king of a particular country. And as a king of that particular country, you were married to a lady from another country. Then you declared war on another third country. And in that war, you died. This is a hypothetical story, remember this. Now, the queen went on to marry another person. Now you are already dead, remember? The queen has continued with her life and you ended yours. Now in this 21st century, you are born, the queen is also born and the individual whom she was getting married to is also born. In this life, that queen has become a man and you have become a woman. There is another person involved. That person has also become a woman. So, this man marries you and meanwhile has an affair with this other person. 
Remember, as per the karmic loop, everything was supposed to happen in this way. But as an individual, what is it that you think? My husband is having an affair. Did you get the story? My husband is having an affair with this person. But if I go back in time, that person was also the husband of that woman, no, in the previous life. So in this life, is it not a repayment from that person's point of view? This is a very, very complex situation and because of this complex situation, individuals, the mind of an individual is not able to grasp the situation at all. And they brand it as something bad or good. So did you understand how distress comes into play or happiness comes into play? Actually, the distress or the happiness is just a part of the repayment program. Part of the repayment program. And yet, we are affected by it. Individuals get affected by whatever happens in the way. For that reason, detachment is necessary. Dispassion is necessary. I hope you understand why detachment is so very important. If you are going to get attached to the object, you are always going to be thinking, I am the loser or I am the winner. When you are detached, nothing affects you because you are not bothered with the end result. Remember that? So staying a detached life, living in this world completely detached and yet performing all actions is very, very important. So did you see that the karma is actually affecting an individual if the mind comes into play? And every time when a mind thinks of an action, or thinks of an activity or something which is connected to a thought process, you are creating more karma. So detachment is a very, very important tool for living in this world. How does a person live in this world with a detachment? If you give money to someone, you feel that you have done someone a favor. If you receive money from someone, you feel you are burdened with that person's money. Both these things matter to you. Isn't it? Uh, you will have to uh, mute your microphone. So this thing which you are burdened with is an extremely tough thing. If you feel that person is one who is giving you the money, it is wrong. You are just getting returned the money 
which that person owed to you in your previous life. Or if you have giving money to someone, you are not doing a favor to that person. You are returning the favor that individual had done in the previous life. If you look at it from a detached perspective, you will not get into any more karmic loops. I hope you got that point. Do not consider yourself as somebody great if you have if you are you know donating some money to charity or giving money to someone. Please never think like that. And never be under a burden if you feel that that person has given me money. Yes, in the material sense, you may be required to repay that money in this world. It is perfect. In the material world, if you have taken a loan from the bank, you are supposed to anyway give it back. So, but do not feel that you are obliged to do something. That obligation part should not enter your mind. If you believe you are doing an obligation or obliged or under obligation, your karma is continuing ad infinitum. That means it's a continuation in your next life and your next life and your next life and your next life till eternity. This is an in-depth way of looking at karma. I hope you understood why it is important to be detached at any given point in time. Do not say that I am doing someone a favor or someone has done favor to you. It is a repayment process. And in the material world, if you are supposed to return it back, please return it back. Don't bother your head about it. Continue with your life the next step, the next step, the next step, the next step, the next step. And don't bother about what has happened in the past. Uh, okay, let me give you a recent thing. Let us say, yesterday you had a great fight with your spouse. And you ended the day in anger. So when you ended the day in anger and have gone to sleep with anger in your head, you got up the next morning and as per our material way of living, you started where you left off. It was a small occasion. The occasion was maybe an anniversary. And the husband has not brought a gift and has not remembered the anniversary. Now, you slept with that and the next morning you got up with it and you continued where you left off. You couldn't even remember my anniversary. You know, our anniversary is so very important. We got married n number of years ago and this is what you do to me, blah, 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 blah. Now, do you know you are continuing with the karma? Every day in life has to be a new day. Get up in the morning without any gloom. 
or doom. It is a new day. You are very close towards your death. Every day passing by, is are you not closer towards your death? You have very little time left in life. And if you have very little time in left, why are you wasting it over yesterday's problems? Can you move on and not perform additional karma? Because if you start the day with a fight again, you know the whole day is going to be wasted. And then the next, and then the next, and then the next. You need to live in that day. So that day is a beautiful day. Can you forgive and forget? And move ahead and not dwell on the subjects which are yesterday's. If you do that, you will be much happier. And you will ensure that no karma continues. But asking this from a person is very difficult, isn't it? <laughs> It is not possible to do that in the world because the important culprit is M-I-N-D. Mind. Our mind catches, catches on to subjects like this and it makes you go into further and further karmic loop. And that is the reason why we are stressing in every lesson, overcome this mind, overcome this mind. <laughs> it's literally like a japa, you know, you are just doing, uh, you know. Why do we have to continue in this world continuously? One life to another life to another life to another life. It's not necessary. And this ad continuum, which is basically you are tagged on to that individual, is connected to the karma and the mind. So this I gave a very detailed explanation just now for you to understand. Please let it be. Do not bother that somebody is the cause of happiness or somebody else is the cause of your sadness. Don't bother. So, if you assume the fruitive work, fruitive work, you understood karma, huh? the fruitive work is the cause of happiness and distress, we still are not dealing with the soul. That fruitive work is connected to these bodies. It has nothing to do with this Paramatma or Jiva. It has nothing to do with the soul. Got it? Your soul is still further ahead than the body. It is beyond the bodies, beyond the bodies, right? It is just like a bottle, you know, the five bodies are the bottle, the, the five coverings are the bottles. The bottle is getting affected, not the thing which is inside. But why are you taking the brunt of it? Do not get involved in that. As a soul, you are independent and free. What happens is to the body. There is a very beautiful story. You have heard it before, but I will repeat it for you. 
one day krishna was sitting on the bank of the river now as usual he was playing his flute hmm? he was playing his flute and he was like a mastakul he is not bothered about anything so all the gopis they come with something on their head you know some food stuff and radha is leading the pack of all these beautiful women they are called gopis so they she is the leader of the pack so she comes and she sees krishna is sitting over there calmly playing his flute and the river is flooded with water now everybody knows that krishna is the lord almighty so radha knowing who he is tells him you know i want to cross the river and go to the other side can you help me cross the river and then she gets into an argument with him where were you last night <laughs> radha is his girlfriend so you were with my cousin chandravali i know you you are that you know person who roams around with every woman on planet earth so what were you doing with her so he he looks at her and says i was not with her but i have 100 people who saw you going along with her i was not with her so she says you know you are a liar you were with chandravali and the whole evening and the night you were there with her and now you are telling me you are not with her this is lies so krishna looks at her and says you know when you came to this place you said that you want to cross the river isn't it if i am telling lies the river will not part but if i am telling the truth the river will part and you can cross to the other side imagine to their surprise the river parts and they cross over to the other side just like you show okay the red sea you know how it parted something like that and she says i know he is lying he was with the chandravali last night but yet the river is taking his side you know this is a strange thing so she crosses over to the other side now there is a sage who has come his name is durvasa muni he is sitting under a tree now all these women have brought food for him naturally when you have a great sage coming to your village or to your house you serve him food and you welcome him so these women had come for that so they come near durvasa muni on the other side of the river the other bank of the river and they pray to him and they say durvasa muni ji please we have bought some food for you please have it so durvasa muni looks at them and says okay and imagine there are so many vessels kept in front and all these women are thinking that durvasa muni will eat little from it and he will say you can eat the rest 
But Durvasa Muni is a very hungry person. So, so he finishes every vessel over there. Now he has finished all the vessels. And the women just keep, keep on looking at him. So they say to Durvasa Muni, uh, Sir, we want to cross the river now and go to the other side. But the river is flooded. How do we do that? So he looks at them and he says, See, I have not eaten anything. If I have eaten, then the river will not part. But if I have not eaten, the river will part and you can go to the other side. And the river parts. And these women are able to cross to the other side. It's a strange phenomenon. Radha and all her cronies, they wonder, both these guys are lying, you know. <laughs> Krishna is lying. He, never, he said he's never spent any time with Chandravali, but I know he's done that. And the Durvasa Muni has eaten everything. He has cleaned all the vessels and given. And yet, he says that he has not eaten. So when they cross to the other side, Krishna is still sitting on that tree. Okay. You should know Krishna. He does all kinds of funny activities in this world. Hardly anybody can say what he does. <laughs> so he is still waiting for them. So Radha comes and asks him. He says, how is it possible that both you liars are saying, you know, all, all kinds of lies and yet the river parted. This is impossible. So Krishna looks at her and says, but you see, I didn't do it. And neither did Durvasamani. How is it possible? You see, we are the eternal soul. And the soul doesn't do anything. We are that supreme divine consciousness. And activities are connected to the human body. I am not the body. I am that supreme divine consciousness which does not do anything in this world. The sages and the divine are devoid of activity because they are 100% detached. Do you know what detached means? The water inside a bottle is not attached, mixing around with that plastic bottle of yours. Did you get the point? It is separate. The body or the bottle is separate than the liquid, isn't it? Think about that plastic bottle as your five bodies, the bodies that you are having. And what is inside that bottle is the liquid, is separate, isn't it? So how can Krishna be involved in the action? And how can Durvasa Muni eat? The action is connected to the body. And the moment you have a thought that, you know, I am the doer, 
it gets attached to the body. So these individuals, Krishna and Durvasa Muni, are detached beings. Detached, they have no attachment whatsoever. An action has to be performed, the body will perform its actions. Remember, naturally. The body performs the actions naturally. Please do not connect that bodily action which happens naturally to the soul. So this story will teach you how the actions which happen in this world to a detached person is happening only to the body and not to the being. The being is the soul. Got it? The spirit soul is not affected. So in spirituality, I teach you detachment, dispassion and discrimination. Dispassion means not be so much involved in the action that is happening. You know, we are passionately involved. Remember, the actions have to be performed 100%. That means, if you are doing something, you have to do it 100%, not do something which is called, you know, your mind is in another thing, you are in another thing, you know, what can happen, no? You are performing the actions as if it's the only thing in the world to do. Without your mind in it. Did you get the point? When you are driving the car, for many years, you don't have to bother, oh, where is the clutch? Where is the brake? Where is these gears? You don't bother about that, isn't it? Does it come naturally to you when you are driving the car? Of course. If you are a pilot who has you know, piloted an aircraft for years at a stretch, you don't have to see the joystick. You know where it is. Your hand will immediately go into it. So the actions which happen naturally without the use of the mind and they are performed absolutely perfectly. This pilot who has been a pilot for many, many years performs the action perfectly, isn't it? He does the landing and the takeoff without using his mind. It's a natural process. In your life also you have to start doing these kind of things which is removing this passion out of it. And yet performing the actions 100% with absolute focus in what you are doing. Focus in what you are doing means using the mind, isn't it? Please remember the words. Focus means using the mind, not misusing, not misusing. So, do not multitask. Did you get the word? Multitasking? Please do not multitask. Oh, I was listening to music when I was driving, you know, this happened and that happened. It's very easy to blame the music. Imagine you are driving and a very beautiful song is playing in the background, Careless Whispers by George Michael. 
I'm listening to the song and suddenly you break oh, something happens oh because of george michael you know i smashed into someone you can't say that focus on the road <laughs> multitasking can put you in lot of trouble remember that so that is one thing detachment is another word do not be so much attached to that end result of that i am doing this because i want to achieve something i am doing that because i have to get somewhere don't do that perform the actions 100% with detachment detachment can be explained in one beautiful way if it is if you are giving food to your children or if you are giving clothes to your children you are very happy buying them the best of the stuff but when it is somebody else's children can i give them something different no don't do that if you are going to a mall and maybe having a burger or something like that and there is a poor man standing outside your burger cost 300 bucks and that person who is a beggar standing outside you want to give him 5 rupees 5 rupees i mean how is it matching no that is important because i have to eat it and this 5 rupees is important because he can only live in 5 rupees i have to buy 300 bucks burger no detachment is important over here you don't have to be attached to what you are doing the third term is called the third word that i used was called discrimination see god in everybody in your enemies can you see the god no you can only see the devil <laughs> no see god in everything some gods will be very pally to you some gods may be against you but at the end of the day he is still the god you cannot take away the position of loki can you you know loki is a character thor loki and all that loki is equally important remember that without loki there is no story got it so loki is equally important so you may have a negative god over there do we have negative gods in our body of course we have negative gods in our body who says that see in our body here do we have cells which remove the impurities from the body and throw them out huh we have this sweat glands over here isn't it do they not clean your body of course they do clean your body do you have the entire urinary tract does it not clean your system of course it does right don't you have a large intestine and an anus which throws out all the dirt of course i don't want this it's not good sir if you don't have a large intestine or a urinary tract you will be dead the next minute correct you know how big a problem it is if one of your kidney fails 
or two of your kidneys fail, definitely you have a big problem. Why do you want to disown these kind of gods? Those are important. They have their work to do. Got it? So always give them equal importance. Got it? So this third word is discrimination. See God in everything. You don't have to say, no, this is bad fellow. I don't like him. No. They are equally important in our world. Yes, you may just not go and pet them. If there is a snake over there, don't think that it is your dog. Okay? You can pet a dog, but you can't pet a snake. So, <laughs> so you can see the snake from far and enjoy it. Yes, it's a very nice snake. Ah, yes, if it's an anaconda, you run away from there. <laughs> but this is the truth. You don't have to get involved in the action. You can just watch it. You can just move away from there. So there are some gods whom you can pet and some gods whom you know who may just be at the sidelines and you don't have to bother about them. So I hope you understood what this means. So these three terms you should always remember. And I hope you got the Krishna story very clearly. Detachment is a very very important word. Do your actions 100% without any attachment towards it. So, if food was kept in front of Durvasamuni, he ate it. His body ate it. His soul didn't. Soul is not involved in the action. When Krishna met Chandravali, he went along with her. Okay? But his soul didn't do anything. Because he is the Paramatma. His body did whatever was necessary. Actions happen in this world. But do not remember when I started this satsang, I told you very clearly, actions are a part and parcel of our body. It's just a repayment. Do not put a very big term onto it. It's a repayment. And you just got to do it. So this entire verse is explained like this. If we assume the fruitive work is the cause of happiness and distress, we still are not dealing with the soul. The idea of material work arises when there is a spiritual actor who is conscious and a material body that undergoes transformation of happiness and distress has a reaction to such work. When a man performs an action, we think it is the soul involved in the action. Soul is not involved in the action, it is only a witness. Since the body has no life, it cannot be actual recipient of happiness and distress, nor can the soul, who is ultimately completely spiritual and aloof from the material body. Since karma thus has no ultimate basis in either the body or the soul, at whom can one get angry, become angry? So we need to give up this anger which comes up in us or give up this aversion that comes up in us or give up those kind of thoughts which come in, comes up in us you know oh this person is doing me a favor no nobody is doing anybody a favor don't bother about anger you see if you attach to that object you will get angry but remember you are that supreme divine consciousness, the soul, the supreme soul. 
Why should we be angry? The soul is not involved. The body is involved. And the body is only going back to the five elements once it dies. This is an important lesson that you need to take. So, I will stop over here. So, I will do a small recap of what I did today. We did nearly three verses. The first verse I started from the previous one, previous yesterday. It says that the soul is the cause of happiness and distress. And we blame the soul for the happiness and the distress. Whereas, the soul is not involved in it. This is where we started. Because this world is just an illusion as per the theory. Then how can illusion be a part of action? So, illusion is like a dream. And are dreams real? No. They just come in your sleep and they go away. So when you wake up, you don't have that dream in front of you, isn't it? So this is the way in which it is only an illusion, it is not connected to the soul. The second one is about the planets which affect our body. The planets are planets affecting each other. Why should they be affecting our body? The planets have no influence whatsoever on our body or our being. Please remove this from your mind. No planet on this earth can affect you. Physically, yes, of course, you can say, you know, two bodies coming close to each other can definitely feel that attraction or the uh, repulsion. But if you think you are the soul, why are you affected by it? Then the third one is about karma. Karma is an action which happens naturally to every human being. It is not connected to the soul, it is not connected to the body also. It's a part of natural action. We are only repaying somebody in their previous avatar when they had come. Whatever they had done, we are just repaying it back. So do not think that you are under obligation or you have obliged somebody. This is the truth you need to understand. So your soul and your being is not a part of the karmic action. So these are three things that we learned today. So we will stop over here and I shall see you all next week. I am starting my regular satsangs from tomorrow onwards. So regular timings with whatever timings that we are having, we will do that. Alright. So you take care. You have a very good day or a good evening. Bye.